FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. You're listening to Castaway, FIS's freight and commodity podcast. It is Wednesday the 15th of September and I'm joined just by Kerry this week to go through our main markets news What's going on in the underneath those uh, markets behind the scenes? Oh, yes. A lot happening. A lot happening this week, Chris. Uh, so good to be here. So for those joining us, we're just going to be going through those oil and products, <clears> iron ore <throat> and freight markets uh, this week. Um, so without further ado, we're going to go into what's happened to the news this week. Well, global house prices rose uh, faster at the fastest pace since 2005, with the annual price change across 55 countries rising to 9.2% in the last 12 months to June. That's according to uh, Knight Frank. Uh, the Social Democrats moved into lead in polls ahead of Germany's federal elections later this month. UK job vacancies shot past 1 million for the first time ever as the economy recovered from the pandemic. Spain announced temporary tax cuts to try and soften the impact of rising energy prices. The UK government delayed checks on EU goods uh, until the end, at least the end of the year in another extension of the implementation of the full ruse, rules and implementation of uh, Brexit. Gazprom announced that the gas pipeline Nord Stream 2 has been completed and Norway's Labour Party swept to victory the first time since 2001, where it, Denmark and Sweden all had concurrent Social Democrat leaders. So into the markets uh, indexes and what we've seen, this is Tuesday the 7th versus Tuesday the 14th for uh, oil and products. Brent, nice little move up there. 71.89 it was last Tuesday, 73.72 Closing last night, FIS report up 2.5% on the high sulfur fuel oils. On the ROT, 3.5%, up 1.9%, uh, 39720. Sing 380, 421.20, up 1.9% also. On the very low sulfur fuel oils, the ROT was up 1.9% again. Uh, same thing there. Uh, 50835 closing, and the Sing.5, 53260, up 2%. And the high fives, that's the very low sulfur versus the high sulfur spread or scrubber spread. Both of those, Rotten Sing, up 1.8%, both closing 111. Uh, what about the freight and iron ore, Gary? Yeah, well, the Cape size 5TC average at uh, 53,692. That's up 11,472 bucks or 27.2% week on week. Panamax 4TC average at 32,467. That's up $2,335 or 7.7% week on week. On the iron ore, uh, the plat's 62% at $120 spot 3.5. That is down $17.50 or 12.7% week on week. While the fast markets metal bulletin, 65% index at 143 spot 80. That's $16.90 down week on week or 10.5%. And on the tankers, TC2, uh, 99.72 closing, uh, 1.3% increase. Uh, TC5 down 9%, 110 closing TD3C uh, up 4% to 34.77 clawing itself to the mid 30s now after god knows how many weeks been uh, in the doldrums yeah. low 30s and TD25 up 17% 107.5 and finally the EA future that's the compulsory carbon price in Europe it was 61.99 euros last week noting the story was last week that pushing through the 61 yeah. record levels there and now has cooled off a little bit down 3.5% Fifty-nine But let's go into our market, starting with uh, oil and products. So being fairly flat in yeah. terms of other things, uh, other markets we've been looking at week on week. We did see a slight rise up in Brent. Um, it had made it over the 74 bucks a barrel. <clears throat> this was the first time since early 
uh, August and partly being prompted by the persistent shutdown. We saw the, the storm yeah. coming into the Gulf of Mexico. Still the wake of Hurricane Ida, so yeah. Still trying to recover from things again there. And then if you're looking again this morning, we are just above 74 bucks uh, on the Brent levels. So we're consistently moving up, but nothing to kind of write home about uh, on those markets. We, we saw obviously the, the tropical storm coming in, hitting Louisiana. Um, we did see kind of big movements and, and problems with, with getting production large shutdown and things. It just seems that most things are coming back online there. But interesting to see uh, the API. This is the kind of uh, American Petroleum Institute predictions of stock levels, which we'll see later today uh, coming out with the EIA actually published that uh, this afternoon. Uh, crude, big draw uh, again, 5.43 million. Uh, same on the West Coast, <laughs> 1.3 in Cushing. Uh, gasoline draw, distillate draw. So draws across the board predicted. So seeing that impact of of those shutdowns yeah. really starting to draw on products as well as the stocks of crude, of crude itself. Yeah. So we'll be able to pick that up again next week and see whether that was actually uh, an accurate prediction. But uh, it makes sense with what's been happening uh, in the Gulf recently. Uh, fuel oil prices off the back of movements up on crude it have been around about an eight buck range so we have kind of moved up slightly cracks and fogos fogo spreads also not seeing too much action uh, bobbling around in a, a kind of tight range on those things uh, the big story which has been in the papers a lot of things uh, and kind of wider news outside of commodity markets and impacting people has obviously been natural gas prices and the impact yeah. on on energy so those have hit their highest level since 2014 much quicker movement up than oil and many of these other commodities as well so natural gas futures trading up 2.6% or $5.09 per uh, million British thermal units, uh, their highest settlement price since February 2014, that is. Or, to put it another way, year-to-date are up 117.6%. So big impact there in terms of European prices, and we noted in the first story Spain is taking action on exactly. the Exactly, already to trying to that. soften that blow. Uh, and if you do want to see a bit more about that, oilprice.com have a nice little uh, explainer for that and kind of just highlighting that the European gas spot prices have climbed four to five times uh, the year, years ago levels uh, from 18 bucks. Uh, so really big movements there. And I think that this also brings on something to kind of highlight for, for next week in that yeah. these alternative fuels, these ones which are cleaner, we saw the European carbon price push up because people are like, whoa, these new fuels, they've pushed up so much that actually we will take the the kind of financial penalty from using a more polluting fuel like coal. We saw the news story here yeah. that they switched on the coal fire power stations again to deal with the fact that there's been very poor production from wind and has pushed people into these cleaner fuels and uh, yes, the, 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 the still weather hasn't been helping very much. No. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's also something to, uh, to look at in the freight market, of course, um, as you know, down the line, as people, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, look at what type of engines they should order on their new vessels, on their new building vessels. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's something that once again, raises the question, is this going to be problematic as people look to, uh, to decide whether natural gas or, uh, green ammonia are going to be the, the leading fuel of the, of the next generation of vessels. So let's watch the space. Exactly. And there's definitely something to listen into next week's podcast, where we have Integrate joining us to discuss exactly that. Exactly. What are the likely fuels? What is being said in the physical market of where these uh, people are picking of, of how we're going to be solving that issue? Yeah. 
Uh, and you've seen what's happening in these energy prices right now. Uh, I'm sure that's probably going to dwarf anything that happens when everyone dies for them to <laughs> to deal with with trying to move towards a, a greener, more greener way exactly. of doing things. Um, but then just to point some other figures which may be of interest, OPEC released its monthly market report uh, two days ago, which said, you know, it up, put up his revisions for demand forecast for 2022. Uh, they say that oil demand will grow by, by 4.1%. 5 million barrels a day, an increase uh, of around 870 million barrels per day from their previous forecast. And then to next year, that will average out around 100.83 miles, uh, million barrels per day, which is will be actually putting it above pre-pandemic levels. So they're pretty bullish on things yeah. which are happening. Well, I mean, as producers, <laughs> I assume that they're mostly always fairly uh, bullish to their own case, but um, that's what we're seeing there. And in terms of more uh high sulfur side we've seen that kind of boosted by supply tightness in the mediterranean as well we've seen those uh prices mean uh, the amazing strength of high sulfur fuel oil uh, <laughs> continues exactly. going forward and countries like pakistan and bangladesh have always used that for power production those have also been pushing up lng prices as they look to deal with their their emissions uh but kuwait and saudi arabia have been buying loads of high sulfur fuel oil again so that's really been kind of the story of the strength a large part of the story of the strength has been those two mm. using it for their power production on the low sulfur fuel oil side arbitrage opportunities to singapore were boosting fundamentals in europe as well so that's been pretty decent for for those things and with oil pushing yeah. up as well uh, nice healthy things on a lot of those products but those that gas price and and lng with people could be reaching for in terms of uh, of their vessel solutions for, for a greener future um definitely taking the the, the lion's share of, of things forward but again to just point on something which touches on that but slightly to the side is what's happening in in norway one of the biggest yeah, exactly. issues has been well labor party have won the kind of largest share of votes. They don't have an overall still have majority. To form a coalition, won't they? So. Yes, they will. So uh, it seems that they have perhaps already ruled out a, a coalition with the Greens, who are completely against any new oil exploration and want to get rid of that completely. So it's definitely something to watch of what to- uh, type of coalition kind of forms. Yeah. What's their their movement forward on things as one of the or the second largest oil producer in Europe behind Russia. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a large impact, exactly. especially if they start taking that away. Things of oil products and all these other alternative fuels are going to be impacted by that as well. So something, definitely something to watch going forward on on things. But uh, looking again on terms of physical, east of Suez, bunkers prices have been moving steadily, rising with those oil prices moving up. And on the Europe and Af- uh, African bunker prices, mostly moved up with Brent as well, with the Rotterdam very low sulfur fuel oil price uh, has gained you know several other ports as well a really big increase there if you look at um Fujara, we're up about 23 bucks um on the very low sulfur on the low sulfur marine gas so up five and high sulfur up a dollar we have also seen the problems in the in the east in china where they've suspended bunker operations in Zhushan and shanghai as the typhoons come in um port operations are expected to resume again today uh, with the backlog of deliveries to sort out but um yeah some impact happening there as well but uh, generally moving slightly up and definitely looking very positive going forward and it'd yeah. be very positive if norway decides in some break move to uh, really start to take away that oil production. <laughs> yeah exactly you never you never can tell but uh I have to say, iron ore not looking so positive uh, this <laughs> yeah. week. Um, 
it's seen a, a week of consistent and steady erosion with the attention of the market firmly back on those production curbs in China. At the moment, uh, we're seeing power rationing, limiting mill operations in China, and that's uh, the Chinese government has also brought forward its target for steel production cuts, perhaps dashing the hopes of some that they would relax that target for production cuts this year. Um, according to Bloomberg Intelligence, production has now got to fall by 10% year on year for the rest of the year um, in order to meet the government's pledge to lower output. Uh, with ample stockpiles at port, we've also seen that the usual seasonal restocking that normally comes ahead of the October 1st National Day uh, Golden Week holidays uh, has really lacked steam this year. It really has never taken off. Um, and this all comes against a backdrop of apparent ramping up by Australian and Brazilian majors to meet their 2021 production guidance. Um, in addition, the disruption caused by uh, Typhoon uh Chanthu, Chanthu, I think I'm going to pronounce it, uh, is uh, is also not helping the situation at all. Um, perhaps more worrying to me is that steel prices are also declining a touch with the Shanghai rebar spot price falling by over 12 bucks yesterday on the My Steel Index, um, indicating, I think, questionable demand on the ground for finished steels as well. And this does seem to be like a juxtaposition between um, targets, be that China production cut targets <laughs> exactly. and everyone going, well, iron ore production targets. Exactly, uh, exactly. And, and the two working together are not having a net positive outcome on this market. Um, so, you know, we've seen just how much the market's fallen. If we're looking at the paper here, that October paper now trading uh, at uh, 115, just over 115 this morning, 115 spot one. Uh, and... You know, that's down, let's see, $21 week on week. Um, so, you know, a pretty unmitigated fall. I, I'm i trying to find some positives here to look at in the market. But, uh, you know, at the moment, I'm not sure I'd even be prepared personally to to call a floor yet. Let's see what happens. Um, We've got like a, a big, well, remember that Theo was picking it. We had week after week, yeah. 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. But they just got a big fat finger button. Yeah. It's like, yep, just another 20 bucks down. Um, you know, with, with the steel prices, finished steel prices also coming off a touch, um, I think we need to watch that space as well, because, you know, in theory, production cuts should actually boost those steel prices. Um, so if demand is, is sagging enough, um, especially after we had that um, negative uh, PMI in China for the first time yeah. in, in quite a while um, last month, I think, just watch this space. Um, you know, some people are speculating there is quite a bit more room for this price to fall, whether it actually does or not, or whether some people decide it's just fallen too far. Let's let's see. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be trying to catch the sword just yet, probably. And there's other stories of European stocks in Rotterdam, HRC, with record levels there as well. So yeah. there's lots of elements. To exactly. This. I mean, you know, bear in mind, these steel prices are, are drifting off from a near all time high. So, you know, um, there's plenty of room for them to fall, and the, the the margins for the mills are still very very positive. But you know, let's let's watch those steel prices carefully, especially on the ground in China. Um, on the other hand, uh, the FFA is moving precisely the opposite way this week. Um, what a difference a week makes. Uh, I mean, we had expected a floor uh, would be found on the capes last week. We said that in the podcast. Um, the market did feel at the time, though, directionless and the paper volumes were rather thin. So I don't think any of us expected the spectacular gains we've seen in the physical market in the past week. That was capped off this Monday uh, with the biggest daily gain on the Baltic Cape 5 TC average in over seven years since uh, February of 2014, I believe. 
So a lot of this has been driven by a surge in the C5 rates. That's West Aussie to China with iron ore. Um, they jumped up to, to over $17 reportedly um, uh, as a surge of late SEP and early OCT uh, chartering interest from the Aussie miners actually coincided with the effects of Typhoon Chanthu, um, which has shut a number of ports in eastern China, including CJK and also Qingdao. Uh, this has affected bunkering operations in those ports and therefore suddenly limited the tonnage that's available to make those late septates in particular in Australia. Um, and, and so that caused this, this massive, massive spike. The C3 has not been slouching either. We've seen it jump to excess 35 bucks uh, on the index on rumors of one very punchy fixture by a Brazilian miner for mid-October dates. Um, it is worth noting that level has not apparently been repeated yet. So, you know, the paper market for its part has never fully bought into the strength of this rise on the physical. Um, I think a lot of people saw this as potentially temporary and correctly saw this as being very greatly exaggerated by the effects of the, the typhoon. Um, so, you know, the October is trading up over 6,600 bucks week on week at 44.875 this morning, according to FIS Live. Uh, but that discount to the spot, you'll notice, has widened to almost $9,000, uh, while the Q4 strip is trading at 38.375, up about $4,000 week on week. Um, so, you know, you could say this market is feeling a bit toppy. We've been giving back quite a few of those gains uh, over the past week, uh, yesterday and today, yesterday afternoon and today. So, so let's watch this space. But it does feel like uh, the top may have been achieved. Let's see. Uh, the Panamaxes have been comparatively uh, sedate, I would say, in the past week compared to those capes. Uh, seeing some gains on the time charter average over the past week, mainly powered in the east by healthy inquiry out of East Australia for coal to India. Um, there has been a bit of a standoff in the North Pacific with owners asking substantially higher levels, let's say region 37K on camps or maxes for those no-pack rounds. Charters happy to sit back and wait. In the Atlantic, the market seems a little bit steadier, uh, although potentially overtonnaged in the North Atlantic uh, with that tonnage list building up a touch. There have been a few Cape splits in the Baltic region, uh, which has been giving some optimism to the market, probably not enough to drain that tonnage list that's building up. So watch this space. Um, the falls on the Cape paper yesterday and this morning have been echoed on the Panamax 4TC paper as well. The October now trading 34.375. That's up about $2,000 week on week. So all in all, bullish week for the freight market, particularly for the capes. Maybe the physical market, in this case, unusually perhaps reacting uh, more so than the paper and, and moving a little bit too far on the back of the disruption caused by that typhoon. And I guess it brings us to almost the close. Uh, but <laughs> looking ahead of, we're in mid-September yeah. and we're looking towards the end of the year yeah. uh, on things and all the weather impacts. So we have record energy prices yeah. pushing up. And we haven't even hit winter demand yet. No, we haven't. And that's that's going to be key to watch, isn't it? So. You've got all these other problems of moving ahead of weather disruption that we've been highlighting and and also the potential again for a, a surge again of, of the virus coming into winter yeah. and all the... We had the Prime Minister here talking about his winter plan for, for the NHS and a lot of these things going into that Q4, into the winter period for the Northern Hemisphere could prove... Um, yeah, testing. Few, yeah, testing. A few, a few clouds forming on the horizon, let's say. <laughs> so, so definitely, definitely want to keep your eyes open. Um, and and you know, it's the first time we're really seeing, I think, in several months, some real headwinds here. 
you know, coming in um, that, that need to be need to be assessed very carefully, I think, um, you know, with China slowing a bit, uh, hmm. with uh, with Europe, as you say, going into a, what's going to be a difficult winter season, no doubt. So, yeah. So with freight rising and yeah. with iron ore slipping yeah. down the yeah. slope <laughs> yeah. and with oil looking around going, it's okay. We yeah. move towards uh, Q4 with, uh, yeah. yeah, those clouds rolling towards us and whether we weather storm. Yeah, yeah. buy a new rain jacket, that's I guess what we can say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but um, thank you, Gary, for joining me. And for anyone listening, do join us next week where we do have Integrate talking about the future of bunker fuels and where that's going to go with all the environmental Absolutely. change. It's going to be a fascinating discussion. So. so do join us again for that one. But uh, apart from that, enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy a weekend. Bye.